Welcome to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable, the podcast for all things dwarfy. <laughs> okay, but that sounded more like Santa Claus. Hmm. I heard the trade delegates from Star Wars Episode One. You know, <laughs> there are too many of them. No, there are two Jedi. Yeah. Oh my god! Like, yes, yes. <laughs> oh my god! You're right. <laughs> there was supposed to be Count Dracula. Welcome to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable, the podcast for all things Dwarfy. I'm Jonathan. I'm Roland. I'm Tony. It is a very spooky episode by virtue of being around Halloween. And spooky. the world outside is not scary at all. Uh, yeah, um, miasma is the word that comes to mind about the world outside. If, <laughs> if you are in a, in a, in a country that, uh, that doesn't doesn't seem to notice or care about the miasma. It is very purple outside. <laughs> so that's the thing that's still happening. Oh, do you think, do, we talked about this before, do you think Toadie would ever implement um, plagues and pestilence? I wonder. You mean diseases? Yeah. Um, As in you could have like somebody huh. with smallpox come to your fort and then just wipe you out. That's... So you'd have to build like quarantine chambers to see if your new migrants were <laughs> I would infected. actually love that. Yeah, I'm going to paraphrase something that he has said on one of the Dwarf Fortress talk episodes in the past. They err on the side of detail and realism. You know, some people say that you have to err on the side of fun for for features that are in a game. Uh, his stance has been err on the side of detail and realism. That, so, yeah, I think that he would be happy to add something like that. <laughs> I think maybe you think he's coding it at night. He's just like, fine, you want to put me in my house for seven months? <laughs> I'll show you. You know, I have to say, I listened to one of the um, DF Talk podcasts, which I'm, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, or if I do, they're usually, you know, more along the kind of like really structured sort of NPR style podcasts. But I listened to that one. Um, I just love listening to him talk about the game. Like you can tell he's so enthusiastic and passionate about it still after having worked on it for so long and all this Kit Fox stuff and He's still just so full of ideas and enthusiasm for it. It just it just really warms the heart in this otherwise brutal and disastrous 2020. So that's really something to look forward to. It's just hearing him talk enthusiastically about this game. I'm like, yay. Well, if you've not done <laughs> Thanks, it, buddy. if you've not done it yet, you should certainly go back to the beginnings of that podcast. We didn't, you know, it's only 20 something episodes, but even the early episodes are great because it's basically like doing a, a comment dump on on his programming <laughs> and uh, and the design thoughts of uh, of everything that has gone into it. And most of the stuff that he talks about is is still applicable because he doesn't typically talk a whole lot about exact details, but it's more about what kind of thoughts are going into what kind of thing that they plan on adding. And you know, some of the stuff that they talked about adding, like it was going to be in an upcoming release back in 2014 still is not in the game so i you know i think they just move on a different time scale and that's cool as heck you know <laughs> i think it's just like you know we'll get to it eventually or not and we will or we won't they talk it's about the good. myth and magic release you know they they gave it the the title the big weight probably in you know 2011 <laughs> and we're still waiting for the big weight to start yeah that's gonna be a weight huh yeah, I think that might be a real, a real big weight. I feel 
like it's always going to be sort of fits and starts because if you think about it, we're going to be coming up on a year between this and the steam release, which I think the steam release was supposed to be pretty quick more or less. Right. Uh, I, yeah. Seem to remember it was like, we're just going to do a few things, but I think the few things that they're doing have kind of blossomed into a lot more stuff. Uh, well, it's been a year and six months or so since right now, since the announcement happened, because the Steam announcement happened. I think that we, on our very first episode of Dwarf Fortress Roundtable, I think that we discussed the Steam release. I think that that was right at the point where they uh, where they announced it. Hmm. Yeah. Do you remember way back then, Roland? I have literally no memory capacity <laughs> at all. Um, See, so- I remember talking about it at, at like at the beginning. So I think it wasn't quite when everything started. It was probably less than that. In any case, it's been had been announced for quite a long time, and. He finished up the what turned out to be the 40, 44, 12, no, 40, 4704 release. Hmm. At the time, it was 4700 or 47.00. I kind of thought that there might be a couple more interim bug fixes. Of course, there's nothing that is just dastardly wrong with this that we are playing on right now. You know, the one thing I would say is I wonder if in older worlds there's more of a I think things get real hairy real fast, I would say, with regards to the undeads. You have a, a screaming computer that you run it on, though. Most people don't have the patience to spin up a world that's that old. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, it's still a, it's still a wait and see thing. It's, a, it's not like you click the button and you're like, and 1,050 years. Yeah, it's, it still Ooh. just takes a while. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's like four hours instead of four days. I, I would do that, and I would start it whenever I go to bed and wake up the next morning, and assuming that it hadn't crashed in the meantime. It, that it does a lot, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm still at year 700. I will post my world with the chaos that that is there um, that, that I think I managed, starting to learn to manage a little bit. I'll post, I'll post it. I want to... You guys can see what you can do with it. It is it is interesting. It is an interesting world. Yeah. There's not been a release of Dwarf Fortress Talk come out. In fact, there has not been a dev update on the Bay 12 game site since we last got together, which is... A little bit surprising. Um, yeah, it is pretty strange. Pretty strange. There will be one released 10 minutes after we record this, and by the time this is released, it will <laughs> certainly be out there, and and this will get edited out, I'm sure. <laughs> um, I, I just wanted to add um, that I looked up what he was going to put into the game, and he says something about diseases or plagues, as a torment of the living uh, from the undead and wizards and necromancers and stuff. So, yeah, we probably will get stuff like that at some point. Yay! So you could look at zombies and undeadness, I guess, as being kind of a disease or pestilence, although it's quite certainly 
purposely enacted by certain particular uh, agents being necromancers, I suppose. Yeah. Hmm. Have you guys done anything interesting with necromancers, like used them to reanimate or, or, or taken advantage of any of that? Or have, have any reanimations you've had just been happy accidents? Or unhappy accidents? Well, I didn't play that much with necromancers in the new update um, because they got so much more powerful and I was just playing against them. But before the update, before the last update, I had a adventurer necromancer man and all I did was resurrect people, then hack off their limbs and then Ouch. resurrect the limbs. And until I had like, I don't know, eight pieces from a single human that would follow me and attack people. And I could like throw the fingers and, and, and arms at people. And then the reanimated arm would grapple them in the air. Uh, so that was fun. But it was so massively OP that after a while I just stopped playing him because, you know, you you had no problem fighting anything. I fought demons and won. Oh, okay, well, to be fair, I had a massive undead army after slaughtering like uh, one or two villages. Um, <laughs> so I, I had help, but still... It, the game poses very little threat to you anymore. Um, but playing not as adventurer, I don't think... All ah, right, I got the um, Necromancer Fortress, and I hope that if I were to retire the fortress, then all my dwarves would continue to like, do necromancy-related things. But... As it turned out, they never did. They don't actually care about that, apparently. They all have the uh, secrets. And they all learned how to resurrect things. They are uh, all, uh, what's it called, um, immortal, because necromancers are immortal. But they don't care. They continue to live a normal dwarven life. And I'm a tiny bit disappointed, actually. Because this fortress is just like any other fortress, but on every... Uh, I'm talking about Legends mod right now, um, because it, it has been quite a while, but every time I go into Legends mode after loading the world new into it, um, and I click on the fortress, it's just a fortress. A normal fortress with normal stuff that is happening. A bit of goblin combat, but nothing special. They don't even reanimate in the goblin sieges. What? Come on, man. I had somebody at one point um, reanimate a forgotten beast that had come up. We finally killed it, and then it was dead in the dining room, and the necromancer decided to raise it, and then it became almost invulnerable at that point. So we were kind of done. Mm. <laughs> that was sort of the end of the show. Um, I locked the door, and then we just had a dining room that no one could hook up anymore. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go in that room. Whatever you guys do. Yeah. 
So I've had really random things that they've done. I haven't been able to raise armies, but I do like, I do really like how it sorts out the mood. You know, like you don't really have to worry about them throwing tantrums. They all seem pretty even keel as necromancers and they don't need to eat or drink. Right. So that makes yep. things even easier. But um, that's even a negative point because dwarves like to drink. And while they oh, yes, don't have to do that, uh, they would get a massive um, happiness boost from doing it. Or they even get the negative thought that they're not able to drink. or haven't, haven't had a drink in a long time, but they still don't you know, do it. I've had better luck with tantruming or tantrum spirals in this patch. I feel like stress has... I mean, for me, and, and I'm probably saying this, I'm probably just jinxing myself here. Um, I'm probably <laughs> going to regret having said this when I start a fort and, and it's a tantrum spiral, but I haven't had any tantrum spirals since this, since 4704, 4704. That's what we're at, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. I've not either, but my fortresses seem to be shorter lived because I have so much trouble dealing with the zombies that, that seem yeah. to inevitably show up. So my fortresses uh, aren't lasting quite as long as they were in, 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 uh, was it forty four twelve? Yep. Um, here's another thing that I noticed: um, the zombies climb now. <laughs> I didn't realize they did that. Uh, I didn't really ever have a problem with goblins climbing my walls, but uh, but yeah, that's been that's been a thing. I've got a whole bunch of climbing zombies because I just couldn't figure out how they were getting in. You know, I was I was still living in the world of I build a wall and a drawbridge and I'm safe, safe, safe. And no, they just go right up over the top of the walls and we're doing hmm. we're doing um where my you... archers climb through the fortifications that's the other cool trick <laughs> <laughs> did you uh you know we talked about the the fortifications last time did you try putting a, a ceiling on them i did that does seem to work um oh major archers breakthrough can i i'm can i <laughs> diverge us here for Absolutely, one quick second yeah yeah okay i had a huge breakthrough with my archers i'm an idiot okay so Two things that have totally made archers work so much better for me right now is one, don't forget to give them bolts in the uniform section because sometimes they don't get that. I don't know why, but you have to assign them bolts. Then the second thing, you have to make sure that there are quivers available for everybody. And so I just have somebody just cranking out quivers. Those two things seem to have meant that now um, they actually train. So I know I had never thought about quivers. Yeah. Yeah. So that is kind of exciting to me to have found that. Do we know how many bolts a quiver can hold? Uh, the uh, same as the number of licks to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll Tootsie Pop? A three? <laughs> a three. Three? <laughs> That's what the owl said back what? in the 80s. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, we're... Uh, we're dating and regionalizing it. <laughs> it can hold uh, 20 bolts or arrows. Okay. And yes, I had to look that up. But it's enough for them to actually do their shit. Oh, the other thing I've done is I put um, stockpiles near my training targets and near the towers where I want them to go kill things. That seems to have gotten them to do stuff. I still can't really get them to shoot zombies that go by. They still don't necessarily do that. But um, but they definitely train now, so that's exciting. And I'll and I'll take it. Step it. A couple months ago, we got a really nice email from a from a guy named Byron. Uh, who who talked about that? And he said that you should, um, in your stockpiles with the bolts, for whatever reason, make sure that uh, that you don't uh, allow bins 
in that particular stockpile uh, because I don't, I don't know the reason. <clears throat> they're, I think they're kind of bugged. I stopped using bins altogether for everything a while ago because I ended up going to war with the elves over it. And it was a really annoying thing that happened where I brought up a whole bunch of stone crafts that I'd made for the elves in a wooden bin. And the elves were like, all right, buddy, this is war. You know, and I was like, but it's just a wooden bin. It's, a it's okay. It's a box, it's a dude. I don't want you to hack the box. Yeah, they lost their shit. So I was like, all right, well, duly noted. Won't be doing that again. <laughs> um, so yeah, good time. <laughs> File under fun. Your archers successfully shot at people rather than trying to run up to them and hit them over the head with their crossbows? Well, they're, they're training. So ah. they're training. That's that's baby step number one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's sort of arching. Archers will arch, I guess. Have either of you started in a started a fortress in a reanimating biome since uh, 4704 has been out? Um, I have. It doesn't seem quite as brutal. So, you know, if you accidentally hack the beak off of a key, it won't uh, just, you know, reanimate itself. Every individual tooth comes at you. No, 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 no. Um, there, ha- there are a few things that can reanimate, but most things can. For some reason, I always thought that only a body part that can grapple something is able to reanimate itself. But for some reason, that also counts for hair and leather and not leather, skin, hair and skin. And uh, (laughs) wool is also hair. So you can have zombie wool, which makes no sense. I can see skin somehow, you know, like a moving blanket. But hair, individual strands of hair, (laughs) that is weird. Kind of hilarious. Yeah, but your your dwarves are freaked out. I remember uh, one of the early Krug Smash videos that I watched was him trying to get a fortress established in a reanimating biome, and it just totally scared me away from it because, I mean, everything that was killed got reanimated and just was like the butcher shop becomes the downfall of the fortress basically <laughs> oh yeah um funny story about that <laughs> uh back in the days so before the update i had a wonderfully working flowing uh and living underground fortress on an island inside of a, a terrifying biome so everything reanimated but i was able to keep some kind of egg layers. I think it was dogs. I also had cats. I also had dogs. And I also uh, slaughtered them for meat from time to time. And I had so, so much moving skin blanket zombies. It's amazing. I had every time I slaughtered more than three animals, I would uh, have at least a single skin zombie blanket thing you know it's not dangerous it cannot attack i mean it tries to but it just pushes against somebody but it has no weight so it doesn't know no damage it can't even hurt a cat 
So it cannot do damage. And the dwarves are like, oh my god, a skin. Okay, that fr would freak me out too. I get it. But every time they screamed and ran away and like, ooh, ah, come on, man. You, you saw this like 20 times now. So we treat ghosts, or I should say, the game treats ghosts quite differently than undead. I mean, in the in the you know traditions, ghosts are considered, or like maybe I say traditions. What I probably mean is in Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> ghosts <laughs> are considered undead, right? Yes. So, but in but in Dwarf Fortress, ghosts are their own kind of kind of entity. Well, um, they are listed as undead. If Are you they? check on them, yeah. But uh, it's a different kind of undead. That is correct, yeah. Um, they are more like floating entities. They can still interact with oh, your yeah, dwarves and your dwarves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, can, they can really, really hurt your dwarves if they want to. It seems to be they... Uh... They will always scare your dwarves and make your dwarves be frightened whenever they get whenever they see one. But I have seen differing levels of interaction with ghosts. Um, you, of course, I try not to allow them to come into existence. But whenever I get fortresses with a lot of people in it, sometimes I lose track of what's going on. And mm. I have dwarves die without me realizing it. And I realize it whenever I have a pack of ghosts show up. But it seems like some of them are more violent than others. Some of them will, you know, take your dwarves' intestines and strew them across the uh, the mead hall. But some of them just just kind of be content to hang out there. It seems. Yeah, they are a few different types of ghosts. You know, you have some ghosts that will just, you know, do nothing, chill around, and basically hover over that dead body and go like, "Oh, I'm dead." But you also have murderous ghosts, and they straight up murder people. They, they straight yep. up murder people, instant death. And you, you don't even get a combat, combat report or anything. You, you normally don't even see if a person got killed or not. You can see when uh, a ghost um, um, hurts a person, because then your game says, a ghost, blah, 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 batters uh, Urist uh, Maxonzo. But if a murder happens, you don't see it. You just see that at some point, somebody will find the corpse. And uh, that had me shook when I found that out. Because I thought, oh, you have like drifting entities uh, because, you know, they want to, to be um, entombed. They want to rest in peace, yeah. Yeah, and uh, then I had a uh, poltergeist, so somebody was throwing around chairs and stuff and scaring people, and I was like, oh, oh, ghosts can actually do things, hmm? But then I uh, skipped everything in between and came directly to a murderous ghost, and it took me maybe 10 kills to realize that I have a ghost, and that ghost is killing everything. Um, he killed uh, animals, children. Um, he killed one of my best military dwarves Aww. instantly. And, you know, th there is no way you can protect dwarves from that because the, the, the ghost just shows up and goes like, 
knickknack, no, your neck is broken. And <laughs> that's it. It's it's hard. It's hard, man. So is there a difference in Dwarf Fortress between a poltergeist and a ghost? Or is are they the are there poltergeists by name in the game? No, no. They are all called uh, Ghost of uh, Uris Blah. Right. But um, the type of ghost will be revealed when you either check on the ghost. So, uh, like, check its thoughts, so right. to say, like, press enter. Um, or you see what uh, the ghost is doing. For example, if the ghost does absolutely nothing, it could be a harmless ghost or it could be a uh, whatever ghost um, that is more harmful, but it's currently just uh, on a cooldown, so to say. Fascinating. But if you look into the ghost itself, it says uh, what it actually is. So it can say this is an angry ghost. This is a secretive poltergeist, for example. Uh that is a ghost that just misplaces items, and sometimes you will find uh, that your game says, oh, this and that has been misplaced. Uh, the ghost of blah has been to blame or something. You also have holding spirits, and uh, then your game, a game will sometimes uh, say that uh, this and that dwarf had trouble sleeping due to the holding spirit in the hallways or something. Um, and you have this this table, and it goes from, wait, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. 11. Yeah, uh, I just pulled that types. up. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness, I, I just pulled up the Dwarf Fortress wiki and went to Ghost, and my lands, I didn't realize that there was so much detail in Ghost types. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, of course. I had no idea. My goodness! And, I, I didn't mean that. I thought you know, a ghost—it's a ghost. But man, yeah. there's there's no, it, it it's not, and uh, you there's can even know. three different separate types of poltergeists. <laughs> yeah, of course there are. <laughs> and even if a person oh, awesome. dies, you can find out what ghost they might become, uh, because it- their their type of ghost is uh, determined by their personality. So oh, I had no idea about that. Yeah, it's it's so cool. It's so cool. Oh, now uh, I want to just leave dwarves to, you know, rot in the sun so that they can make ghosts so I can see the different ghosts. <laughs> I seem to be pretty good at making ghosts as it is. So. Yeah, I wonder if if Meth has a different <laughs> sprite for every type of every kind of ghost. Uh, yeah, I bet he does. That seems like a, a very messy like sort of yeah. thing to do. Yeah, I, I bless him. That's awesome. Try next time a, a fortress that is going south. I'm going to uh, to just let some people just hang out without getting buried, and see uh, how many different kinds of ghosts I can come up with and read more about them. Because yeah, that's that's really interesting. I always thought the ghosts were a cool part of the game. Anyway, the uh, the idea that if you don't take care of your dead, it's not only going to cause me asthma, my asthma, but it will also, uh, you know allow a a spiritual entity to come back to pester your dwarves in, in better or worse ways. That's great. Um, and I like the fact that it's dealt with relatively, in, in such a relatively straightforward way. You yeah. can just build a slab and you're done. You don't have to, there's no, there's no need to 
worry and be anxious about that aspect of it. It's it's you know you got you figure it out. You know, but it's it's it is straightforward to take care of it. But if you haven't been preparing for it, if for example you don't have any slabs available, <laughs> then you've got to go through a few steps to take care of it while your people are getting you know harassed by the by the ghost. So it's the truth. I don't know if it was on purpose whenever he made it that way, just so it would be a something that you need to plan for. So, how do so, you kill vampires in Dwarf Fortress? Oh, I'm sorry, Tony. You, you. I was to... gonna. I was about to ask the same question about um, dealing with undead sieges. Like, how do you get? I was gonna say, how do you guys deal with your undead sieges? Because I've got one in in my in the world that I said that is really hard, and that I thought that I'd gotten things relatively stable on. I just got a. I'd say a two-pager invasion, you know, where you can hit page up, page down, and get two pages of attackers. So I'm, I'm referring to this as a two-pager. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I do whenever that happens is I have a, a fortress that in either slowly or quickly falls into ruin, and I end up with a new fortress. Right. If I wanted to save this fortress, what's a good way to deal with 90 undead attackers? Because 90 feels like a pretty big siege. Huh. Um, I was going to go know, with cage traps and hope for the best. Oh, that's yeah. a good idea. Well, yeah, because cage traps are just a bit OP. And if something is big enough, uh, the small enough to, to get caged by it, so massive mega beasts uh, will not get caged. But um, <laughs> OP. Uh, oh, okay. Overpowered. Got it. Got it. So, sorry, I'm slow. Stonefall. <laughs> I use a combination of Stonefall at the very beginning just to yeah. mash them up a little bit, uh-huh. um, or, or tickle them, as I like to say, and then um, and then I cage trap them, and then getting rid of them, then you end up with dozens in cages. And I just usually use an Atom Smasher to get rid of them. But, um, I was I was going to say dump them into a, into over the edge of a waterfall was would be <laughs> handy too, or pit. You can build a pit. Gotta have magma at the bottom, though, right? Well, <laughs> if you build a pit that is, you know, twenty layers deep, uh, with no uh, with no exit, then you just have a pit full of of zombies. Yeah, be reminded that you might want to smooth some walls, or else the zombies will climb out. Gotcha. Yeah, pits work. Stonefall traps, great stuff. If you have uh, bridges. Sweet, sweet uh, bridge traps where you just mash people uh, into oblivion, but uh, then you don't have anything to clean up, which might be positive, which might be also negative because, oh. you know, you don't get any loot. Will zombies drown? No. Okay, so filling it with water won't help like like it would for a bunch of goblins. Mm, it depends on your biome, I think would be possible to encase them in ice but that would either need some kind of winter or a very cold freezing biome getting ice in your zombie pit be, seems like it would be a lot of trouble now i was i was just thinking that you want to kill them if possible somehow because if you have 
like let's say that that Tony, you end up using cage traps and you put all of those ninety something in a pit, you're going to be going to a frame death before too long because if it's keeping up with all ninety of those zombies in every turn, then yeah, that can get ugly pretty quick. This is why I'm enjoying the um, Adam Smasher. Although yeah. uh, seems like the seems like le jeu sans fait here because um, somebody seems to have gotten through the defenses that I have in place because now there's one of these undead in my stairwell and I have absolutely no idea how I got in there. <laughs> Not a clue, but it is we are clearly done, and I I just cannot figure out how in the heck these guys are getting in. Bizarre, bizarre, man, bizarre. No idea. So, so is it? So it needs to be a physical trauma to kill a zombie. It seems blunt force, right? Yeah, because even if you don't, 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 don't hack him up enough, there is still the chance that pieces of him will come back to life, and then you just have to fight two zombies instead. You know, and. Uh, and the blunt force, it needs to be something that is probably going to be more than one of your hammer dwarves can dish out. No? Mm, well, a sufficiently trained hammer dwarf will make short process of uh, a zombie. Yes. Really? Um, okay. The thing is, the amount of zombies is, is usually very, very high. And zombies don't have any kind of stamina. They don't care about that. They cannot be exhausted. Uh, but your dwarves might. So while a steel-clad warrior with a silver hammer should be way more than enough to kill a bunch of zombies, he might become um, exhausted way too fast because the zombies will just keep bashing and bashing and bashing at him and he has to evade and stuff. And at some point he will just collapse and then he's easy prey. Okay. So you have a chance if you can divide groups uh, up into smaller portions so that your uh, dwarves can fight smaller numbers, then calm down, relax a bit, and then fight the next wave. So you kind of have to chop it up in waves because the waves are way, way easier to handle. Okay, so uh, we'll wrap it up here uh, here pretty quick. But I want now that we've covered the the other two undead types, uh, the traditional undeads. Let's let's talk real quick about uh, about vampires. Mm-hmm. Is there a way to deal with vampires other than putting them into a room and locking the doors and just letting them sit in there forever? I guess Adam smashed them as well. You could. Yeah. Uh. I mean, you see, the difference here is that while the vampire might kill some people, he is still part of your fortress. So you can still assign him jobs and stuff to do. Mm -hmm. And he is also uh, immortal. He is way stronger and way, way faster than a normal dwarf. So just outright killing him feels like such a waste to me because he is quite a good entity. He might be evil. Yes. Okay. Okay. But 
he might be used, you know? You can turn him into a weapon if you know how to do it. Or turn him and, into a bookkeeper. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's also kind of a waste. Don't you agree? Because, okay, he levels up bookkeeping and then stays on legendary bookkeeper for, for like the next 2,000 years, okay? But what about a military vampire? They're also, be reminded, vampires don't get exhausted like normal living things. You gotta which, be really careful, though, because right. as soon as any of your dwarves start falling asleep... The, the thirst for blood's going to, to come and yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. You have to make sure that he is not able to get into your norm, normal fortress or anywhere close uh, actual people. Uh, so yes, walling him off is, well, I, I would say needed. It is, it is needed. Have either of you had problems with vampires in 4704? I've not no. had it was a big problem in my fortresses in forty four twelve, but it seems to have have seriously decreased in frequency. Yeah, agreed. It was a big problem for me before, and now not really something I think much about at all. Hmm. Um, I, I have gotten very few of them. Really, the only thing that I've dealt with since the new patch is undead sieges. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask you how you would define problem because you know. Zombies are a problem, but a dwarf that still works and still does a job is just a mortal and, you know, has a negative tendency to enjoy drinking blood. Um, I mean, it's it's an annoyance, but it's not really a problem, I'd say. I, I guess. usually wall them off <laughs> and let them have a sword or something so they can train for 200 years. Live out the rest um, of their days. Yeah, yeah. I guess that uh, I guess that the idea, uh, of course, maybe this talks a little bit about my own personal psychology, but I find that the vampire aspect of you know killing dwarves in their sleep to be pretty horrifying. So I, that's one I I, I just don't think of using vampires in a positive aspect. I, I want to eradicate them from my fortress. So uh, the, the the vampires, I think, are bit more horrifying than either the ghosts or the zombies really um not sure why so yeah i guess maybe i just have an ingrained fear of vampires personally <laughs> okay so we've covered the ghosts and zombies and vampires we kind of forgot uh where animals though oh wow yeah you know again not not a huge problem for me in this new patch um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I would like to agree, but I can't because I had very little to no actual attacks of them. But one time I had a problem where a um, visitor was a wear animal and he was absolutely normal and he uh, snuck into my, uh, my fortress, uh, snuck into my tavern. Um, drank some beer, changed, and killed half my fortress. Whoopsie dipsie. That's and not good. Yeah, my 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 uh, military dwarves were out training. Nobody was near the tavern, um, so he just killed half of my civilians. And 
before I was even able to react, you know, and then I still had some infected people and I had to completely wall up the hospital because I noticed that all eight dwarfs that I suspected were in fact turned. So, wow, uh, that was miserable. I've, I've not, I mean, I have had plenty of were animals show up at my fortress, but uh, I've not had any of them infiltrate my fortress like that. And, you know, I've, I've found it, they're pretty easy to deal with by just shutting my fortress door and, and waiting for a few days for them to turn back into, into people. Sometimes they'll, they'll take out my livestock, but I don't tend to depend on the livestock that much anyway. Yeah, um, yeah. Normally that works. And I've only seen um, a few people on the subreddit talk about how visitors are were animals and can sneak into your fortress. And I was like, ah, nah, hasn't happened to me yet. And then it happened like a day later. Damn. So don't jinx it. So this is our 40th episode. That is an arbitrary hey. but significant number. Episode what? 40. We don't talk much about our, our episode right. numbers except for the you know nice round ones. So huzzah. Well, that's cool. Nice. Well done. <laughs> so that's going to wrap up episode 40 of Dwarf Fortress Roundtable, our special Halloween episode. We're going to drop this on Halloween itself. And uh, so there's not going to be an episode to come out Sunday, which when this goes out will be tomorrow. But uh, we'll be back in uh, two weeks from Sunday with another episode of Dwarf Fortress Roundtable. So, guys, we will uh, talk to you all next time. And uh, thanks for thanks for joining me here today. Peace. Yep. Yep. Out. Yep. Yep. All right. This has been the Dwarf Fortress Roundtable Podcast. You can find all our past episodes at dfroundtable.com. Stop by and leave a message or suggestion in the comments section for this episode. While you're there, you can subscribe to Dwarf Fortress Roundtable or find us in the podcast service of your choice. You can find video content on our YouTube channel, and you can send us an email at urist at dfroundtable.com. That's U-R-I-S-T at dfroundtable.com please consider donating to the creators of Dwarf Fortress at Pay12Games.com. If you'd like to help support this podcast, you can find us at Patreon.com slash DFRoundtable. Music for this episode is from FilmMusic.io. Sky Cullen and Folkround are both by Kevin McLeod. You can find more from Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.io.